TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. On the slowly road, trying to make it home. Doing it by my lonesome pissed off who won't some. I'm fighting for my soul. God, get at you, boy. You try to go God, fall back and go hard. On this lonely road, trying to make it home. Doing it by my lonesome pissed off who won't some. Good evening and welcome to the Memphis Shakedown Podcast. As always, I am your host, Josh Coleman. Sitting alongside me is Philip Dean. Hey now. Philip, it's been a while since been a you, while. you've been here. I know. Uh, I've been out of the country, in the country, out of town, and I've you know, been a lot of places. I've been places. I've been places. Very nice. Uh, of course, we weren't here last week. Uh, I was... Uh, I guess I was actually in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, uh, last Thursday. Uh, in, I'm really, in, I was really jealous you went to Post Tavern, that place. It is my Am- favorite burger place in the continental so U.S. Um, it is amazing. You know, it, it's the one place where I can order a burger medium and know that it's going to be perfectly cooked. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And, of course, you know, me being a, a guy with an English degree, I have a certain fondness for EA mm-hmm. Poe as it is anyway. Yeah. So. All right, we uh, we got a fun show lined up for you tonight. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, Grizzlies Media Days, which was on Monday. Uh, we have the big news about Jermichael Green re-signing with the team. We have the Troy Daniels trade to discuss as well. He gone. He gone. But uh, we've also got a uh, we got a lot of other uh, little tidbits to uh, to get to as well, as well as of course everyone's favorite segment, Dean's List and Double Secret Probation. So there you go. That's uh, that's your lineup for tonight, uh, but yeah. So w- where all did you go uh, while while you were gone? Um, so the wife and I did our anniversary a little bit late. We did in Cancun right. or Playa Mujeres, it's which is about thirty five minutes outside of Cancun. Right, beautiful resort, Cancun. Cancun <laughs> did spend some time in Cancun. <laughs> So, and Chandler Parsons will not be spending Chandler, time in Cancun. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, and um, this weekend. Or last weekend, we were at um, Pilgrimage Festival in, in Franklin, Tennessee. I did see some of your posts from that. Uh, I had a, you know quite a few for other friends that were uh, that were there as well. That's a great music festival. That's what everybody told me. They, they said it was a great music festival for old people. Uh, yeah, and young people as well. Right. I right. mean, it's. A, I'm, I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying no, that was that was their thing that people my age. Which we won't really discuss late thirties, um, but uh, my age and, and you know within yeah. within a decade of that, uh, you know, tend to appreciate it a little bit more Correct. than you know, I don't know, say Bonnaroo, which yeah. would probably kill me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really awesome music festival. Um, uh, the past two years, it's been a lot more smaller. I think like the biggest headliner they had was like Beck one back in Cheryl Crow. Love me some Beck. And um, really love me some Cheryl Crow. And then but that's one, a show for another day. Yeah. And then uh, Justin Timberlake bought it right recently. And then he decided, oh, I'm going to be on the show as well. And I'm going to add Eddie Vedder to the lineup and Ava Brothers. And it just, <laughs> and it just, and they, <laughs> I'm going to make it huge. And he did. And they, apparently they doubled their audience from what they had oh, last I, year. I believe it. I believe it. And that, that was the, the one thing that I hated was, you know, I was just getting back into town when it was going on. I was just like, Oh man, yeah. Not as bad as when when I got back home uh, last Friday night from you know drove from Charleston, so it's about about a ten hour drive, mm-hmm. ten and a half hour. Stopped in Murfreesboro to uh, to eat at Demos, which if y'all have never been there, I highly recommend it. 
amazing American slash Italian food, huge portions, and it only cost you like 20 bucks hmm. for a huge, massive meal. It's awesome. But anyway, uh, so I, I get home, and I'm, I'm in a great mood because, hey, I just came back from the beach, hanging yeah. out with, with, with some friends, you know, got, got some, you know, great food while I was there. And the first thing I see on my Facebook feed as soon as I get home off the road is, oh, everybody I know is at uh, the Avid Brothers and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, Mud Island, and uh, I'm not. So for those of you who don't know, Avid Brothers are one of my favorite bands, and I think this is only the second time they've been to Memphis where I haven't seen them, mm-hmm. the first time being uh, when I had tickets. but uh, I had They a, put on a great show. They do. They do. But I had a migraine that time. Yeah. So the, yeah, those, those are the only two times. Anyway, I digress. That's what I do. It's kind of my thing. All right, so we had Grizzlies Media Day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of interest. Uh, you know, and people wanted to talk to Chandler Parsons because some of the we haven't seen Chandler Parsons. Well, I was going to say, yes, February. Some of some of the media guys that literally have not seen him in six months. Yeah, and and so you know they they wanted to be able to talk to him. Um, of course, you wanted to be able to talk to Mark Gasol after the whole. You know. Are they going to trade him to Boston thing that, that yeah. you know turned into a huge thing when it really wasn't that big of a thing? And of course, everybody wanted to talk to David Fisdale because he's got interesting things to say. He it's, had a it's, lot uh, of interesting things to say on Monday, exactly. And so, all right, so you were there. What mm-hmm. were your impressions as far as you know where you think this team is headed? Because I know there's a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people at the end of the season. There's uncertainty, but I feel like they're slowly putting the right pieces together, right? Because we're they're going into a new era of by Zach by Tony right and they've Mike said it Mark said it Fizzle said it we're gonna keep that grit and grime mentality right but it's gone it uh, is it, well, again it, it it's a it's, we have to move on well it's it's not so much the mentality is as the style of play yes and that I think that's the bigger thing and that's what you know both both Fizdale and you know we heard Mark Gasol say as well that. They're going to have to adjust on the fly and do it quickly mm-hmm. because when you look at the, you know this very very much strengthened Western Conference, they can't afford to fall behind early. They're they're not oh, going absolutely. to be able to to claw their way out of a hole the way they have in years past. Right. Just because it seems like everybody around them has gotten better, even if only marginally. And you can, I mean, you can make a an argument that the Grizzlies actually got worse this offseason instead absolutely. of better because a lot of that depends on the health of Chandler Parsons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if he is able to play, let's say sixty to sixty-five games at seventy-five percent of the Parsons we saw in Houston and during his one good stint in Dallas, well, okay, then they, they should probably be okay at that point. Yeah. If we see more of what we saw last year, as well as the fact that, as you said, you're you're replacing, you know, Zach Randolph, you're replacing Tony Allen, not just as players, but also as locker room leaders, chemistry guys. Yes. You know, things of that nature. Okay, then, then you can have some some significant problems. Of course, the good news that they got this week was that, you know, Jermichael Green did agree to a two-year contract for around $17, $17.5 million. Of course, the Grizzlies never discussed terms. Um, but mm-hmm. Strangely, those terms always seem to leak out. It's funny how <laughs> that happens. Um, so when that news, first off, you know, I, you know what, Gil, I think that I might have to have the, uh, uh, the completely cliched air horn for the news that, uh, Jermichael Green re-signed with the Grizzlies. <laughs> Gotta have Finally. it. Um, so I, I want to know, um, when you heard that news, did you immediately start dancing wherever you were or 
did you pop open champagne and just spray yourself and everybody around you with it? Because it had to be one of those two. There were no other options after this long national nightmare we had <laughs> that Jamichael Green was somehow going to escape the clutches of restricted free agency and, and yeah. go somewhere else. It couldn't be something like you look at your phone and go, oh, finally. It wasn't. No, that, that didn't no, happen. That it was, was <laughs> that was not an option for anyone. That's what they post. That's what they posted on Twitter and Facebook. But that is not what. That's not how they reacted at all. No, I'm convinced. Uh, I'll go with the champagne. Champagne, nice. I like it. I like it. Very, uh, very DJ Khaled of you. So mm-hmm. I approve. <laughs> but no, seriously. It, when the when the news broke, uh, I you know I jumped on Twitter and you know found a, a nice little gif of Jamichael Green and just said what needed to be said. I told y'all you should chill. Yeah, people think that it wasn't going to happen. Right. It was going to happen. People kept asking me, is he going to sign somewhere else? Uh, no. Next question. Yeah. You know, he, he had his opportunity for, with Atlanta, and his agent screwed that up. Yes. Again. And you know what? You would think I would be tired of saying it by now, but I'm really not. His agent's a dumbass, and that's really <laughs> all there is to say about it. All right. So, so Jermichael Green is, is back. Obviously, he is your starting power forward. Who is your starting lineup? Monday night <laughs> for the first preseason game against the Orlando Magic. I was thinking about this on the way over here. I would, I'm, so. There's really only one question mark, right? First yeah, off, and, thank, and, God, yeah, a, thank God you're playing the Orlando Magic. Well, yeah. I, and again, it's preseason, so it, preseason it, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter okay, that much. Yeah, yeah, fair you're right. just trying to figure out your roster. Yeah, but even preseason. that one question mark, is it really a question mark? Or, or am, am I not thinking this? It's a question mark right now, but it's something that I feel it could happen in the, Months to come. All right. So, so the obvious is Mike's Mike your, and Mark. Mike's your point guard. Chandler's your small forward. Right. Jamichael is your power forward. And Mark Gasol is your center. Right. So that way, that leaves to the shooting guard. Right. Which there's has a, always been the question. Right. And there's, right. A, there's only two options right now mm-hmm. with Ben McLemore being, being injured. Ben McLemore is hurt. So you've got. You've got Wayne Selden. Right. And you've got Tyreek. Right. And that's that's it. That's it. Those 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 are your two options as we see them, you know, right now. And again, that's not to say that that's your closing lineup. I'm and again, I, I'm not in David Fisdale's mind. I, I, I you know don't know what the coaches are saying right now. He probably is. I mean <laughs> he, he is very much a man about town and you know he likes to stay informed, so shout out Coach Fizz. What's up, Fizz? Um but yeah it if it's me, and, and maybe it's because I, I'd already kind of settled it in my mind that even if Ben McLemore had been healthy, Wayne Seldon's going to beat him out for that starting shooting oh, guard position. Oh, he absolutely is. Defensively, he's just a way better. He's way better at that position defensively than anybody he else. He absolutely mm-hmm. is, and and not just that, but he has proven it through last year's postseason. He wants it more. I think Fizz wants to keep Tyreek on the bench. As, think, as a six man, I think Tyreek as a six man is the best way to use him mm-hmm. because you you use his versatility so much more. And you know we we've talked about it. You know I know you and I have talked about it when Tyler was in here when Kevin Leip was on the show. Tyreek is your Swiss Army knife. You can throw him out there at any of three positions. So don't be surprised when you end up with in in some cases a closing lineup, especially against some of these teams that that like to go small like the Golden State Warriors with their death lineup, Mike Conley, Mario Chalmers, a healthy Mario Chalmers, yep. and Tyreek Evans, all in the backcourt, all ball handlers, all capable of scoring. Yeah. Fizdale said this at practice yesterday, that we're seeing a new Tyreek Evans. Um, 
where he is helping with the young guys with their style of play. He's helping them on defense. He's he's getting on, getting onto people, like helping them out. He's like finishing the practices, like saying one, two, three, leadership. You know, he's right. he's being a leader. And hey. he said, "You have never seen you have never seen that six years ago from in right. Sacramento from Tyreek." Oh no 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 absolutely not. And that was, um, you know, I, I read a lot of the recaps um, from people who were at Media Days. Uh, reread Kevin Leip's today uh, because he included those great quotes from David Fisdale about how he tried to force things last year. And we could all we could all see it. We we recognize that that he was trying to, you know, build a culture wholesale instead mm-hmm. of creating you know these conditions and letting it it happen organically. Um, and so you know this offseason, David Fisdale, he went around he talked to veteran coaches around the league and said, "What am I doing wrong? What yeah. what what do I need to do?" And so that's why he was talking to Larry Brown. You know that's that's why he he did a bunch of things. And, you know, we, we all joked about, you know, him going to see Mark playing, you know, during Eurobasket and saying, you know, well, <laughs> well, what's that about? I think to a certain extent it was to tell Mark, my bad. I tried to to force you into this leadership position. Yes. And you clearly weren't comfortable with it. And if I had instead just kind of opened it up to where, you know, someone was going to step forth and, and grab the bull by the horns, clearly Mike Conley did that. Clearly, that's yes. a role that he wants and and is comfortable with, instead of Marcus All, who he just wants to show up and play basketball. Yeah, you know, it's it's not that he doesn't want to be a great player, but he doesn't want to have. He definitely doesn't want to have to be the the rah rah guy, you know, for for his he, teammates. And he wants to win. He absolutely does. He wants to win more. You know what? But more importantly, he doesn't want to lose. Yeah. You know, I I love that that great Billy Bean quote in Moneyball. You know, where you know he's talking to the guys and he says. He says, you know, I hate to lose. He said, I probably hate to lose more than I enjoy winning. Yeah. That's Mark Gasol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it was it was so fun. Um, you know, I know Fish and Stats talked about this some, you know, the other day. It was so fun to see happy Mark Gasol. He was so happy. It, it I've was, never seen Mark Gasol that happy in my life. Yeah. It, it, it was almost like he had been playing with his kids and, you know, they immediately, as soon as his kid got off his lap, they immediately went to Mark Gasol and he was still just, a wash in euphoria from from being that happy. So I was working with Fox Sports all media day, and we were right. shooting promos for the whole season. And I had hit Mark and a bunch of other players post stuff on Instagram, do like a quick video, like, hey, catch us all season long. And I hand Mark my phone, right. and he takes a selfie before he does the video, and right. I don't realize it till afterwards. <laughs> and he just does a quick thumbs up. And I posted it on uh all the social media stuff, but it was just, right. so he just does that before. Right. And it's just, I never would expect that from Mark. Right. How small did your phone look in his hand? Oh my gosh. I'm sure. It, <laughs> it was like a, he was like holding a Tic Tac. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big man. He is a very big man. Large and in charge. But would, with Chandler Parsons on media day, his right. la- his media day last year, everyone was asking, "How are you feeling?" And right. He's like, "I'm okay. I'm fine." This year, it, it I kind of got the feeling he was like, "He's not okay." Right. This year, I believe he said, "I'm feel I feel better. Well, I feel I feel at, great." At, at least we know, even though we haven't seen him on I the court him. yet, we know that Chandler Parsons has been playing five on five. Yeah, you know, drills. Been, they've been posting videos of exactly. him with like Mello and KD. Yeah. So, so we know he is at least capable of getting out on the basketball court and being physical and, and not, yeah. you know, just immediately crumpling to the ground. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a win at, at this point. Um, and, of course, there, there were the quotes all last season from, you know, the front office, from the coaching staff. Hey, we signed him to a four-year deal, not a one-year deal. That's right. Everybody get off his back, you know, and, and, and let it happen. Trust the Again, process. It's, it's like we forgot what happened with Vince Carter, you know, mm-hmm. to where, okay, you signed him. He's coming off knee, knee surgery. Yeah, he looked pretty bad that first year. He got progressively better in the second year. And then last year, he was one of the MVPs from the team. And, and that, I think that's one of the things that gets lost for people is that as much as we want to talk about, you know, not having Zebo and, and Tony. Oh, I think Vince being gone is huge. I mean, it's, it it's far, as far as like a role model for younger yeah, players. A locker room leader. Yeah. He was the one guy out of those three that I said that the Grizzlies should make an effort to come back. Of course, I wasn't expecting the Sacramento Kings to, you know, throw a, a bank vault at him either. Thanks, Vlade. Appreciate that. Thanks, Jaeger. Um, I mean, you didn't really think you didn't really think Dave Yeager was going to play young guys this year, did you? <laughs> he is going to run Vince and Zebo and George Hill into the ground. It's going to be awesome. Oh, poor, v- poor George Hill and De'Aaron Fox going to be sitting on the end of the bench just look. De'Aaron Fox going to play about uh, twelve minutes a game. And that's including the 24 minutes he gets in the one game George Hill decides to sit out. Oh, wait, that's right. He can't do that anymore thanks to the, the NBA's rest rules. I still think it's Morgan Reagan's fault that they got Vince Carter. You know, when I was out there uh, two months ago to, to interview Hi, her. What's up, Morgan? Um, but not you, Deuce. Um, <laughs> but when I was out there to, to interview Morgan, um, you know, we, we joked a little bit about that. You know, and I said, you know, I might be able to convince Vince to come along with me. I'm not even going to try and convince Zebo of anything ever. You know, yeah, Zebo, come get in the car with me and, and ride back to. No, that no. was not happening whatsoever. Number one, I'm not sure Zebo would fit in my car. Uh, but number two, I'm pretty sure that we would have a fundamental disagreement about uh, you know the the choices he made with the radio on the way back. You want you're so. gonna you want to listen to Cheryl Crow, and he's not going to be into that Cheryl Crow. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm pretty no. sure he's not familiar with uh, with the Avett Brothers uh, discography. So emotionalism is a great record, man. <sighs> great record, you know. I mean, there's there's a certain level of hip hop I can take in a given day. <laughs> pretty sure after about six hours, we will have crossed that threshold. So, but also, I don't trust him to hold the snacks. So there no. you go. No. I mean, there's there's that. He's in basketball shape. He is a basketball shape most of the time, and he plays better. He He plays better that way. The one year he was skinny, he got hurt. See, that's what happens. He learned. He needs to be a big boy, and he needs to puff his chest out and be tougher than everybody else. That's right. Absolutely. Got a mean mug at people. All right, so somebody's mean mug that we will not be seeing. However, Devin Booker will be getting a lot of it in practice. (laughs) I would seriously pay to be in their training camp after that trade went down (laughs) for that reason alone. Um, I like to be the one that calls Devin Booker to say, hey, you want – (laughs) <laughs> Meet your new teammate, Troy. You know, Phoenix's front office was like immediately after the paperwork sign was like, "Oh crap, man, we <laughs> forgot about that." Man, great job, everybody. Yeah. Wait, it's your boy uh, Troy. It's uh, but it's Phoenix. They're going to be awful again this year, anyway. So yeah. it's probably not really going to matter. Uh, but yeah, we did have to say goodbye to Troy Daniels. Um, you know, he got traded to Phoenix along with a second round pick for a second round pick that will probably never actually convey. <laughs> and a lot of people are upset about that, but I am not one of them because it allowed them to free up a roster spot that they are desperately going to need as they still need to trim the roster down. Now with Jermichael, I think we're, is it still one over? Yeah. Because uh, we've got two two way contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shout out Vince Hutter for, uh, somehow magically making a reappearance. I mean, he wasn't even on anybody's radar except for Chris Wallace's apparently, you know, yeah. 
Like, oh yeah, Vince Hutter. He, we had him in here like three years ago. Like, yeah. Let's let's sign him to a two way deal. What? Why? No, I've heard um, Troy Daniels is a, just bad mojo in the locker room. Was his downfall? Um, I don't think it was that so much as he was a redundancy. When you look at all of the shooting guards that they signed, he was in a bad spot. Again, we we mentioned they signed three shooting guards mm-hmm. in, in some form or fashion this offseason. Four, if you count Rio as a a combo guard. Yeah, there just there just wasn't any room for him on the roster, um, which is unfortunate because. I really enjoyed, you know, being uh, one of the two founding members of the Troy Daniels Sandbar. He's not big enough to get his own island, so we had to create a sandbar for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I it, it was fun watching him, you know, go supernova in those few games. Much like it was fun watching Wayne Ellington beat the Miami Heat, you know, on his <laughs> own that one game. Yeah, but that's pretty much all it was. Uh, you or know, Mick, Nick Calathis or whatever, like playing as well as he did when he started his point exactly. guard. Exactly. Yeah. When when people Nick just like that come through Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, they come through every city. We just don't know about it because. Oh yeah, because we're, we're, we're not, not paying attention yeah, to. We're it. not watching. Remember when watching Arthur exactly. was a king that one game where he had that black or that block and then that dunk on the other side of the court, and you're like, man, right? Darrell Arthur is is amazing. Love and me. How could we get rid of years. Darrell Arthur? Love me some DA. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, we, we, we say goodbye to Troy Daniels, and, and people, again, they're, they're upset. They're like, oh, we just, we just gave away a guy. No, we, no. Tra- we traded a guy, created a trade exception, and more importantly, didn't have to just cut him and eat the money, mm-hmm. which is what they're probably going to have to do with, I'm guessing, Jarrell Martin, depending on what uh, Ivan Rabb looks like, uh, yeah. you know, com- coming in uh, the next couple of weeks. Um, any, any other thoughts from, uh, from media day? Um, Mark, Mark's happy. Chandler looks healthy. Anything uh, from Mike Conley that, uh, that, that stood out to you. He's ready to get going. He's ready to take that leadership role. And he, is, we found out about his hangout with Kanye West. Yeah, seriously. I mean, what, what is, if you had told me four years ago, Members of the, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be hanging out with Kanye West. I would have been like, no. no. I'd be like, Tony? Yeah, that, that would have been actually probably slightly more likely. But, yeah, because uh, I think that he would like Tony because of his tenacity. I could see that. And they probably understand each other as well. True, true. As, as much as anyone understands Tony. Yeah. So. Or as much as anybody understands Kanye West. <laughs> I don't know that anybody does. So you He's know, the I'm, voice of a generation. So, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Um, I am Walt Disney. I am Stanley Kubrick. I- <laughs> Only time you'll hear those two in the same sentence. Sometimes, Hopefully. They, sometimes South Park just really hits, hits oh the nail gosh. on the head. You know what I mean? Like, this really gets it. There you go. You want to talk about voice of a generation? Uh, uh, Parker and Stone. There's your voice of a generation right yeah. there. Man. All right. So we've got Mike Conley hanging out with... Uh, uh, Kanye West apparently. Shelby Kanye West. Yeah, it's it, a different Kanye West now. It's jeez. There was uh, you know there was uh, the beginning the college dropout Kanye yes, West. Pink, pink polo Kanye. There, yeah, there was uh, 88s and heartbreaks Kanye West. Right. And now uh, there was Kim Kanye West. But I feel like he's moved out of the Kim Kanye West. Mm-hmm. The Kim Ye. He's turned into the dad version of Kanye. Is what it is. He yeah, has. that's exactly what it is. I mean, yeah, again. 38 years old. I saw hey, all I, of my friends go through, <laughs> go through that, you know. I, I understand. I have a family as well. Right. But, yeah. I mean, 
at a certain point, is he just not the voice of the generation that he thinks he is? Uh, well, I don't know. Jay-Z still thinks he's the voice of, the, of a generation. Jay-Z can still get it done, though. He can. Yeah. But, Jay-Z can still put out a good track. People are starting to be far more critical of, of his lyrics now. They're really starting to examine them and go, man, what's this fool talking about? So, yeah, but you also still got people that think that Future and is the voice yeah. of the generation. Future just raps about opioids like all he does yeah. is rap about doing percocets yeah. and yeah. stuff like that what a terrible role model <laughs> we're in a huge <laughs> opioid crisis and he's just rapping about percocets yeah. he's trying to bring a re- awareness to it gil come on give, come a, on. give the guy a break percocet, he's just, it. molly percocet he's doing the percocet, best he can molly percocet he's really uh, he's got me i he's I got, got a platform it. he's got to use it fair enough <laughs> i had a platform one time i used to dive off of it nice yeah, that was Mike something Conley. different. That was something different. Mike uh, Conley. No, Mike Conley. Um, I, I did say uh, on Twitter, um, you know, I noticed that uh, on the Grizzly Snapchat, mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks is going to be a fan favorite. Oh, absolutely. No question in my mind. It might not be, you know, for another, I don't know, probably not wanting to be this season necessarily unless a lot of Grizzlies people actually do go down to see the Memphis mm-hmm. Hustle. Dylan Brooks is going to be a fan favorite, though. I mean, you can just... You just look at the kid and you can tell. Yeah. And I don't get the criticism he got when he got drafted. It was just like, yeah, but he got drafted so low and he was hurt at one point. I'm like, he was, the, he, won, he was the Pac-12 player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That and says something. It does. It does. Although, I mean, the Grizzlies did draft the Big East player of the year in Troy Bell one year and that, that didn't work out. But that's that's something else entirely, I promise. <laughs> All right, so let's see. That was, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people. I think Dylan Brooks could be a big role player. I I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm not saying he's going to be the starting shooting guard next year or anything like that. But he's going to be one of those guys that when he gets into the game, people are going to enjoy watching him play. Yeah, Uh, and we saw some of that in in summer league. Absolutely, certainly. Um, Who do you have more faith in in the next year, Von Rab or Jarrell Martin? Oh, uh, a rab just because I, I know he'll be on a roster. Yeah. And I don't know that about Jarrell. And that's, again, that's, that is not me slamming Jarrell. I just haven't seen it to this point. And you've had three years to put yourself out there. And yeah. It, and it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that Jarrell definitely has the talent. Um, he has developed the skills. Yeah. It just makes me wonder where his head's at, you know, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that the, the coaches with the Iowa Energy last year, they had questions about. And so, that I mean, that's a concern. Um, you know, But I can say the same thing about Wade Baldwin, the difference being I only saw him for one year and, and not three years. Yeah. Speaking of fan favorites as well, I think is Rade Zagora will be a fan favorite. Rade is going to be huge in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, it's, he, he is going to be that, that guy that, that a lot of people just latch on to, have no idea why. Um, but he is definitely going to be that that social media presence, like oh, Chandler, he's going to be like Chandler Parsons was as far as the social media presence. But people are actually going to enjoy it because, well, he's a rookie and he's foreign, so you know there's going to be a lot of fun little. little I love quirky he took things. a picture of his jersey. He it said fifty two. Why am I wearing fifty <laughs> two? He didn't he didn't notice that line in the contract. You know he he could have changed it right then, but no, nope. no, you gotta. 
That is Coming a good out, question. Kid. That is a good question. The fifty-two is an awful number for. That's an awful basketball number. It is. I say that as someone who wore forty-five. Uh, you know, during during my playing days, um, forty-five is not a very respectable number these days. No, no, it absolutely is not. Uh, you know, fortunately, when I wore it, that was um, carry the. Never mind. It was a long time ago. Um, you know, I try to think of uh, any any notable players who wore forty-five. I might have to look that up. Is that Jordan? Point. Uh, well, so no, that was even before the Jordan thing because this was oh. this was would have been in ninety ninety three um, hmm. uh, when I was the starting power forward at uh, uh, Tipton Rosemark Academy's freshman team. So we got to travel around and play uh, teams like uh, uh, Fraser Assembly and, and Rossville and Marshall County. Cole Ardridge, yeah, he's not notable enough. Although he is big and white like me, Dewan so. Blair. Uh, mm. Not bad, not bad. That's okay. We had a good run with the Spurs. Sean Bradley. Ooh, we got a legitimate Space Jam contender now. Mm-hmm. Razul Butler. Mm, no, not so much. Not so much. That's really all you got. I'm sorry. Wow, that's uh, that's a little disappointing. Dang. Yeah. Sean Bradley, it is. Well, my favorite Sean Bradley story. Bo Outlaw. I, there we go. I knew Bo Outlaw wore 45. Bo Outlaw is real. <laughs> He's still real to me, damn it. That's right. Shout out Bo Outlaw. That's right. Y'all don't know. Okay. How could you but, not ooh. how could you not be of a sports star and with a name like Bo Outlaw? I mean seriously. Ooh. Yeah. Shout out our favorite Bob Thornton. Bob Thornton wore forty five. Forty five for the Philadelphia seventy sixers. Hell yeah. Hell well, yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to bring that up to Big Bob next time I see him. He he is he will always be one of my all time favorite assistant coaches. Just because it was, was the best. It was so easy to get him worked up. <laughs> Literally, yep. all you had to do was mention one of two names to Bob Thornton, and his face would get red. He would start swearing like a sailor, and it was the most <laughs> awesome, hilarious thing ever. If you bring up Kevin Love or Blake oh. Griffin, either one of those guys to him, he will absolutely pitch a fit, and it's fantastic old-school glory. Love yeah, it. that's pretty much it. Hold on. Right. Cedric Henderson, Dexter Pittman wore it for the Grizzlies in thirteen. Yeah, yeah, but he sucked. So we're, yeah, he did suck. I, I forgot uh, about him. But said that's a good one. That's a good one. He uh, he came to a couple of our watch parties with uh, with Brevin Knight. So. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, that's not bad. Okay. All right. Oh, but uh, I was gonna say my my favorite Sean Bradley story that doesn't involve uh, Earl Watson having a chase down block on him in the uh, pyramid, which was one of my favorite <laughs> events to happen in the pyramid of all time. Um, when Sean Bradley got drafted, uh, I believe it was number was it number three or number four. Three, but I'm not positive. About yeah, that. that was the uh, that was the Penny Chris Webber draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he gets drafted, um, his first purchase after signing his contract, two was he drafted number two, 1993. Uh, wow, that was by the uh, the Nets, right? Seventy Sixers. The Sixers drafted him. Yeah. Then he went on to play. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so with Sean Bradley, um, his very first purchase was a Porsche 911 Turbo that he could not fit in <laughs> to drive. He had his buddy drive it because he could fit in the passenger seat, but he couldn't fit in it to to actually drive it and operate the the clutch and everything. Because he's again, he's seven foot six. So he bought a, a really expensive car that he could uncomfortably sit in while his buddy drives him around. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be chauffeured around in something, 
a Porsche 911 Turbo was probably not, uh, you know, again, no. if, if you're not the driver, there's really no reason to own one of those. I think he sold it like, you know, two years <laughs> later or something. Yeah. But, but yeah, always, always will be one of my favorite uh, uh, Sean Bradley stories there. You want to drive it? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I, nah, no I'm going to get I'm, my buddy to come pick me up. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I pay straight cash and get my buddy <laughs> to come pick it up. Straight cash, homie. Straight, straight cash. cash. All right, Philip. Uh, you ready to uh, to discuss the, the highs and lows, the, the good, the bad, or more appropriately, the Dean's List Academy Award winners? Let's and do it. Of course, those people on Double Secret Probation and as well. Now, yes. An attempt at sophistication and culture. It's Three Shades of Blue Radio's Dean's List. And here to educate you is Master Philip. Thank you, Ezekiel. I'm going to go ahead and put uh, Memphis Grizzlies assistant coach Keith Smart on Dean List. Yes, absolutely. He got nominated. He is going to be inducted into the Indiana Basketball, Indiana Hall of Fame. Well deserved. Uh, yes, an, an incredible Hoosier in his day, absolutely, and, and absolutely what he has done in the NBA since then definitely warrants it as well. Yes, I like it. So that, and I'm going to also put the crew over at Fox Sports. We are broadcasting 85 games this season. 85, three preseason games and 82 regular season games. Whoa, 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 we're getting preseason games. Three preseason games. What? Yeah, we don't ever get preseason games. Never. That's, that's awesome. Starting Monday. That is. Awesome. Who you got? Um, uh, shout out to uh, 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 Pete Pranica and Brevin Knight because we're going to get them for all 85 games. Very, very happy about it. And, of course, Rob Fisher as well. Can't, yes. can't forget Fish. Um, so very excited about that. Um, you know, Again, we have one of the best broadcast crews, um, You know, both, both talent and technical-wise, out there. And I say that as somebody who watches a Absolutely. lot of League Pass. And so I, I'm always thankful when I see other people watch our games because their team is playing and they get our feed and and they come away and say how much they have enjoyed it um, you know pete the epitome of professionalism brevin always so insightful and funny and honest and of course fish with the wardrobe that you'd kill for so he just bought some new suits recently oh yeah new shoes too has, uh, has he been up to milwaukee because i know that yet milwaukee is his spot for that so yeah. so that is fantastic um, also, I want to uh, to shout out all the people who were involved in Media Day because there was a lot of little nuggets, little tidbits that that you know one person got that you know not necessarily everybody mm-hmm. else got. And so, being able to bring all that together was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, and so, you know, I definitely appreciated that. And also, uh, you know, all the people who are willing to stand up for something you believe in right now, kudos to you. Well done. All right. Now, the fun part begins. <laughs> it's time for double secret probation. The time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. As of this moment, they're on double secret probation. Kevin Durant. You are a complete dumbass. Why on earth do you need seven Twitter accounts to fight with people? If you don't know about this, so recently some fans were responding to Kevin Durant saying, hey, why'd you leave the Thunder? And he used his actual real account to say, well, maybe because he didn't get along with Billy Donovan and the only people he had on the roster was him and Russell Westbrook. Oops. Whoops. 
My bad. Yeah. Didn't switch accounts. Didn't, Didn't switch, switch accounts. Switch. And apparently he had more than like three or four. Yeah, see, that's that's excessive. I I personally uh, I have four, but it's... You do? It's my personal account. Okay. The at 3SOB. Then, of right. course, we have the at Nim Shake Pod, yeah. the at Three Shades of Blue. Yeah. And then I have another one that I really do, do use to make fun of people, but it gets <laughs> used so rarely, I don't even remember the password anymore, so... <laughs> Y'all are safe for me when on that you, one. When you make like seven different people up, yeah, no. See, I don't do that. I hate people that do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't do that. Hate's uh, a strong word. I, it's just annoying. I don't get it. Yeah, because he's Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, he I would, is Kevin again, Durant. Again, I am fully on board with actual Kevin Durant using the at KD Trey Five account to be snarky. And and yeah, just miserable, that. And which all he that. has done. Exactly, be snarky on. Fully on board with that. You don't need a separate account because right. again, you're Kevin Durant. You can say whatever you want to. And then his apology was just as bad, where he was just like, "Hey, I'm just a guy, you know. I I drink be- I drink beers like y'all. No. I play video games like y'all. No, you're not. You're a multimillionaire." <laughs> he tried to make you feel bad for him too. He said, yeah. "Look, he hadn't eaten in three days. He hadn't slept Why not? because he was so upset. You're a millionaire. You need whatever you want to." Yeah. Yeah. Come on now, Kevin. Come on. Kevin? Don't tell me you're drinking Bud Light like everybody else. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. There was that one interview with Clay Thompson, and he was drinking like a Bud Light or something oh, no, back no. in no. there. We, we cannot bring up Clay Thompson because that guy, oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> it is a wonder he can even find a basketball court, the, the, the interviews that you get from him sometimes. Yeah. I mean, although his his failed dunk attempt in in China, I think it oh. was a couple weeks ago, might be the funniest thing I've yeah. ever seen. And Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant doesn't even drink beer, by the way. Because remember, after they won the championship, oh, yeah, yeah. he He's, was trying he was trying to ch- chug a beer in the locker room, and then he spit it all out immediately. He's he's the Rock. Whenever Stone Cold is passing around Steve Weisers, <laughs> he acts like he drinks it, but he doesn't really drink it. Yeah, I forgot they were called Steve Weisers. Oh, that makes me so happy. Absolutely, Steve Weisers, fantastic. Yes. Stuff. You all right, got, who, who else you got? I'm good. <laughs> that one, you know what? That one was so good. I'm going to let it stand on its own. Really? I'm going to let that you one stand no one? on its own. No, but. They're not as important as that one because that one was good. <laughs> Thank you. That one was too good. All right, so there you go. There's your uh, Dean's List and Double Secret Probation for the week. Um, obviously, I think we all know somebody I could put on there, but why? There's there's no reason at this point. Maybe it's Save the same, from- same number that you wear. It could be. <laughs> could you used to work? be. <laughs> Sources say. All right, so. Save it for next week. Obviously, the, the big news, and it's funny because the – you know, the, the previous big news that we had was the Kyrie trade that happened, um, both that Kevin Leip and I discussed, you and I discussed, and then, mm-hmm. of course, Tyler and I discussed as well. Now we have another big trade to talk about that, that you know, shook up the NBA landscape, kind of, sort of, but not, not really. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony going to the Oklahoma City Thunder for the mere pittance of <laughs> Ennis Cantor. I mean, and... They broke Stuff. up the they broke up the mustache bros. They did, they did. Although, I mean, Carmelo's been rocking a mustache much longer than than his canter. It's just not as comical looking. That's all. They yeah. got rid of Dougie buckets too. Yeah, you know. See, I eh. I was I was down on Doug McDermott when he got drafted. I was down on him whenever he got I traded. Was, yeah, I'm just I'm not a big fan of of Doug McDermott as an NBA player. Although he was a fantastic college player. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and so you know you had that happen, and then what? what the second round pick, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, second round okay, pick. Okay, yeah, it's again in his canter plus stuff. <laughs> um, 
does it make the Oklahoma City Thunder that much better? Uh, a little bit, but not. It, it doesn't shake the Western where, Conference. Where were they in your pecking order? You know, uh, um, you know, one through eight in in the West before the trade. Six. So you had them six. Yeah. Beforehand with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Oh. Oh, now, see, I, I see forgot everybody, about, everybody okay, forgets about uh, the Paul George thing. Fourth. Right. Where are they now? Maybe third, but I think they're still at the same. All right, so so Golden State is clearly number one. Who's your number two? Is it Houston or San Antonio? Uh, Houston. All right, so maybe Oklahoma City moved ahead of San Antonio, possibly. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I had them four before. I got them four now. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games. They, absolutely. They're they going to be much like the L.A. Clippers. The Rockets are going to win a lot of games. Right. Both of those teams are, are built to win a lot of regular season games. Yes. They've got a lot of talent, and they play a style. Well, we don't know about Oklahoma City yet, but obviously with Houston, they play a style that lends itself to great regular season success. Yes. But not necessarily postseason success. Mm-hmm. All right. So what does it really mean then? Because – the Knicks were going to be bad regardless. There yes. would be, you know, I think the only thing that we, we got from this is that, yay, it's Kristaps Porzingis' team finally. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, they have gotten out from under the shadow of Carlo Man- Carmelo Anthony, you know, kind of hovering over everything. Um, but, yeah, beyond that, like I said, I, I, it hasn't changed the pecking order for me. I Honestly, I think a lot of people sleep on San Antonio as far as they, they forget – just how good they looked in the first half. I of, think I of think game that one. Rudy Gay with uh, L.A. and Kawhi. I think that's a that's a really tough defensive matchup for it, any team. It absolutely yeah. is, and and I think that's one of the things that that gets me the most is that it makes me feel like I have to defend Rudy Gay. Which, dear God, do not make me defend Rudy Gay. But seriously, everybody acts like he's trash when clearly that is no, not the he, case. I mean, he is a really good player that has never found his footing. Yeah. Uh, my, Absolutely. And my, I think that Greg Popovich could be a person that helps him find that footing. My favorite uh, picture from all of the media days around the league, other than the Grizzlies, obviously, was from the one of Rudy in San Antonio and with, with the caption, oh, God, Pop's already turned him to a robot because Rudy just had the most blank expression on his face. <laughs> like, there was absolutely nothing exciting in the world whatsoever. That's what like, happens when you sign when you sign with the Spurs. That was, they, yeah, take, they, they take you to a dark room and they remove a piece of your brain right. out. And, they, they, and that's uh, okay. My favorite was actually Chris Paul when his face was blanket. It said, I thought Mello was going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, well, of course, the other big news, was, you know, big-ish news, that uh, Dwayne Wade uh, bought out by Chicago. Everybody who saw that coming, raise your hand. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, and decided to sign with the Cavaliers for the veterans minimum. Oh, my gosh. That, there's a video that uh, Dwayne or LeBron posted of them just drinking wine together. Yes. Oh, of course. And they clicked their glass. It looks like an Ocean's Eleven oh, thing. Like cheers, bro. Cheers. That's it, like they have done it. absolutely is. And, and that's a, you know LeBron's comments. Of, you know, coming into the season, it was like you know, when you go to, go to a new school and, and you're looking around, you don't know anybody, but, hey, there, there's your best friend right there. And I'm like, Wow. Way to throw literally half of your team under the bus. You really? Know, people um, like Tristan Thompson that you've been in, on a team with for Kevin Love's you, just like, you have spent literally the last two seasons building up Kevin Love's, you know, self-confidence and everything, and now it's just like, eh. <laughs> like, come on, LeBron, be better than that. And I say that having, you know, lauded what LeBron has done over the last couple of weeks, but, but still, 
Come on, man. He's done some really good th- good things. He absolutely has. But, he, but there are some things that have happened. Like oh. I, the whole Kevin Love thing. I mean, I just feel like Kevin Love is just the most mistreated girlfriend of all time. <laughs> he He's really been dragged is. along yeah. for years now. He he was like the the homecoming queen in the small town when he was in Minnesota, where he was clearly one of the best players in the league, but you know just didn't have any talent around him. And then you ship him off to the big city, and they just absolutely destroy everything that makes him him. <laughs> I think there's a Lifetime in movie in there somewhere. There's a great video of just, like, uh, Kevin Love walking up to LeBron James for a high oh, five. The, and, yeah, and then and LeBron, LeBron yelling just at him. shuts him down. <laughs> Put your hand down. Just the most abused. He just looked abused uh, so bad. I miss rookie-level Kevin Love that looked like uh, an extra in Color Me Bad. That was... Uh, that was fun times. Like fat turtle from Entourage. He did. He really did. But so, yeah. All right. So so that happened. And, you know, obviously Golden State is still going to demolish everybody this year. I don't even know why we're bothering to play the season. And, right. and I know people say, oh, but but Andrew. No. It's going to happen. And they're, 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 a, they're a literal team of destiny right now. And, and if they you, stay together, they're the Boston Celtics of the 60s. If you, Billy Donovan had a hard time dealing with... Durant and Westbrook. What's he going to do with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook? Paul George will not be a problem whatsoever for two reasons. One, just because it's not Paul George's nature to be a problem. But number two, he can't wait to get out of there and sign with L.A. Oh, yeah. What's really going to be funny is when Russell Westbrook joins him in L.A. You know, since he somehow has continually refused to sign a $203 million extension. I'm going to repeat that number. (laughs) $203 million. I know he's the reigning MVP, but that is crazy money. That's going to be really interesting if Alonzo Ball plays well this year, how that plays out. Everyone, Every guy in the NBA is going to be watching him, and if he starts playing well, they're going to be like, Ooh, I kind of want to. And he, I wanna, ha- I he play has with to play well, though, because yes. his his father has set him up for failure. Absolutely. If he plays, oh, yeah. if he struggles at all, there is virtually nobody out there, as far as in NBA circles, that hates Lonzo Ball, the player. They hate the whole circus. That they LeVar hate the three B. Yes. They hate the big baller brand. And, and that's the thing is, you know, when when people start talking and and you know they they want to badmouth Lonzo, it's always about something Lavar's done. It's never about something Lonzo's right. done. Right. And. Is he gonna be like? Fo- I hope he he doesn't like follow him to every, like every game. Alonzo badmouth Nas though, and that was pretty dumb. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. Yeah, I did. I didn't really understand that. Um, who do you say? Uh, who do you say was better than Nas? Like fu- future, future, the, future, the, and the amigos, and yeah, like Percocet, Molly Percocet, <laughs> the person that we talked about. Yeah. The opioid addiction it's problem like, that we have in this country. Yeah, yeah. Come on, like, come on, Lonzo. You know, I, I know he's young, and, and I get that. Because, again, I remember growing up young, especially during the, the end of the, the hair band, beginning of grunge, and thinking that was the greatest thing ever. But I also, you know, didn't go around, you know, talking trash about the great bands from the 60s and 70s that, you know, put out great <laughs> rock music either. Yeah. And they, they were like in every – you know what? I will say this. The Ball family – is some of the best business people that I mean that I mean they're they're in everything. Oh, absolutely! No, I was just saying, uh, Lonzo had a rap come out, and it is a big baller brand. No, you see me, boss, and never caught. Hold on, never <laughs> caught a deal. Still, Randy Mawson. 
That's that's from his wow. That's from his new track Zo Two that I guess is out to promote his. Uh, I thought Kobe Bryant was a bad rapper. Jeez. Oh, they're not Damian Lillard. I'll tell them that much. Dollar Dame. He's great. He is. He's fantastic. Victor Oladipo is a great singer. He is, and and that that really did surprise me. Um, you know, I, I'd heard rumors. It, it was nice to see that uh, you know for, for once the hype was real. Yeah. Um, so that for was for Victor Oladipo. For once, the hype was real. Oh yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But I meant just in general, you know, hype being real for anything. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a fun NBA off season. Um, might be the most fun one that we've had. Well, since last time NBA off season, which was just <laughs> absolutely incredible, and and bananas, and and I still wonder if they really did lock DeAndre Jordan in his house at, at some point. But uh, they did. Yeah, it's been. Uh, Speaking of the Clippers, what's the, it's gonna be? Do you think they go downhill now that Chris Paul? Um, you know, I, I really was leaning that way, but then they went out and signed uh, Milos Teodosovic, and mm-hmm. uh, he's really, really good. Yeah, um, he. Well, put it to you this way: he's Ricky Rubio with a shooting touch. I mean, the the mm. ways that he finds angles and is able to thread passes is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, reminds me of some of those those great players that, you know, we, we speak with a, a, yeah. in reverence back from back in the 80s and stuff. Um, it feels like they're going to have just this huge sigh of relief. Like, okay, we don't have Chris Paul nagging at us constantly about how to do well, things on the offense. Same way as New York right now, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, it's going to yeah. be in New York. It is finally Blake Griffin's team. And, and yes. while I understand that, that the people of Memphis hate Blake Griffin, I get it. Yeah, whatever. I'm excited to see what, and, and this is going to be a thing, point forward Blake Griffin does. Yes. Because oh, my God, he is going to do that. They he's going to have so the ball do that. in his hands a lot more. Because, again, Chris Paul's not going to be dribbling the air out of it you know, for, for 17 seconds of every <laughs> possession. Um, yes, I get it. Chris Paul is one of the great all-time point guards, yada, yada, yada. Whatever you think, Go. he saw Lamar Odom doing that, and he was like, "You know what? I can be a big guy that brings the ball up the court." Well, actually, he did it at Oklahoma, and that was one of the one he of the did. one yeah. of the things that impressed me about him in Oklahoma. Uh, and again, it wasn't his passing, but it was it was his ball handling and ability to get to the rim from the outside. You know, the the Clippers have really turned him into just this prototypical power forward. You know, he hits uh, you know um, you know mid range jumpers, and of course, he goes in the post and all that kind of stuff. I remember the first time I ever watched him in a game at Oklahoma, though. He got the ball at the top of the key, faked left, came back right with a crossover to get back to his left, and then, of course, you know, takes two steps and, and just absolutely flushes it home. But, I mean, he shook that guy like he, you know, like he was Allen Iverson. Yeah. It, it was one of the more impressive things I've seen from a college player. I can't wait for the Greek, uh, watch the Greek freak play point oh, guard. Yes. Yay! I can't wait to see Ben Simmons on the floor for for yeah. Philadelphia. I can't know? wait to see the whole Philadelphia squad together. <laughs> All the process, <laughs> the process oh. is real. Okay, so the the news came out that the the NBA you know has agreed to to quote unquote fix the tanking, um, you know <laughs> by by flattening um, the percentage that the top three teams get in the lottery now. Yeah. No longer does the number one team get twenty five percent, you know, odds. Now the the top three teams all get fourteen percent across the board. Did you see the tweet that Daryl Morey sent? No. Of all the people that he would choose to 
to send a tweet to at that moment of that news breaking, who do you think he sent it to? <laughs> he sent it to Sam Hinkie and it said, <laughs> tanking is fixed. <laughs> on the one hand, I know what he meant. Yeah. But on the other, if you're an outsider looking in, you look at that and go, oh, man. That's rough. What a That's rough. I mean, you know, and again, Daryl Morey or, you know, uh, uh, Fat Elvis, as, uh, as Bill Simmons calls him, um, you know, he is one of the more interesting guys, especially in NBA front offices, you know, in the league. But, yeah, when, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's, that's something there. Yeah. Um, what was the uh, – and, of course, we had the other news that, uh, you know, the, the whole rest issue, um, which, again – I'm pretty sure everybody's made it pretty clear to the NBA. You want to fix the rest issue? Quit scheduling so many back-to-backs, which they started to address. Definitely no more four games in five nights. And, you know, if if you want our team to show up for a primetime game, don't have us play the night before. Yeah. Especially play the night before with travel, which is almost the only way you get back-to-back games Learn your schedule before you put the TV games out. Right. Well, see, that's the thing. That's where they start. They start with the TV games. You know, specifically, they start with Christmas Day, then they go to to MLK Day, and then they just build, you know, upon that. Which, I mean, I get those those are your big games that you you've got to make sure of. But come on, guys, uh, you already know you're going to put the Lakers on 25 times, no matter who they're playing, no matter what oh, night it is. Especially this year, I mean, they've got no. hype uh, behind every, them. No, every year, every year, you know, the Lakers <laughs> are going to be on 25 times. Even I feel when like they have more awful. hype this year than they have oh. just because of Lonzo Ball. Lonzo, oh, yeah. But, but I mean, also because you've got some of these other young guys that you're expecting to be better because of Lonzo. Yeah. And, and that's going to be the, kind of the interesting thing. And, and I hope it, that it is the case. If they um, would have signed just one veteran, one veteran, do you think that they would be a contender in the West? No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Um, and, and I see a lot of people talking about them, you know, being in the hunt for the eighth seed. There's, there's no way. No way. It's just both because the entire West got tougher, except for, you know, like two or three teams. But more importantly, because it's so many young guys, and they haven't, as as stats always says, they haven't gotten those scars yet. Yeah, you got to get those battle scars before before you reach that level. And it just it hasn't happened for them yet. Um, we're still waiting on on the Timberwolves to make that jump. And you know, with the Jimmy Butler trade, they probably will this year. Yeah, um, their play. If they don't become a playoff team this year, then. Who is the most interesting one that you see that, that people are consistently saying? Definitely going to be a playoff team, despite what they lost this offseason. The Clippers, the Jazz, or the Trailblazers? I think the Trailblazers are still a playoff team. Well, I think, I mean, you've got, obviously, their, their new big three with, mm-hmm. with Nurkic, who looked fantastic when, when he was healthy. C.J. McCollum, who I think has actually gotten to the point where we're, we're almost overrating him now, instead of him being, you know, just slightly underrated. And, of course, Damian Lillard, which... Next time Dame plays defense, let me know. I'd like to see that. <laughs> um, but they've certainly got a lot of talent, and they've got a great coach in Terry Stotts. Yes. So I, I, I see the argument for them. But Utah? They mm. just lost two of their, their three best players, in my opinion. And, oh, and, and Gordon Hayward and George Hill, and got nothing in return for it. I'm just, you know, I, I think Denver has surpassed them. Oh, yeah, I think Denver has. Went out, signed Paul Millsap. I mean, and again, they already had a great young core. Um, I think they're they're very close to a couple of extensions with some of their young guys as well. What about the Pelicans? Um, Pelicans look pretty good. The Pelicans do, but again. I think they have, they have definitely improved from what they were. 
with they with, still need help at the point and shooting position. Well, yeah. they have Rajon Rondo. Yeah, oh, they, well, they, st- <laughs> they still need help with with point guard and, and shooting. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> well I mean, I, I'm interested to see how Rajon Rondo fits in with two big, like two superstar like bigs. Apparently, Boogie loves him. That's that is the word that I've gotten from people in Sacramento. They're Kentucky guys. Yeah, and, and apparently, you know, even though a lot of people, you know, made quite a bit of of them not seeing eye to eye in Sacramento, that wasn't the case. That it was both of them having issues with with other people that were there. Yeah, and and so apparently that that's pretty big. And I mean, Anthony Davis, he's going to fit along great with with Rondo because all Rondo's going to do is look to pass on the ball every other player. You know, uh, the, the the only person who's losing out of this this whole thing is going to be Drew Holiday, who is now more or less forced to play shooting guard a lot. And they paid him a lot of money. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting paid a ton of money, but you know he's definitely not going to be the primary ball handler when Rondo is out there because nobody's the primary ball handler except for <laughs> Rajon Rondo. Rondo. Uh, sometimes even when he's on the bench, I think he's a primary ball handler. I don't know how that works out. but uh, And, of course, like I said, they signed Tony Allen, um, who's going to be an interesting piece coming off the bench for them as well. Gosh, it's going to be so weird, that first game when you see him in that jersey. I love the fact that it's going to be the first game. I, I really do. Get it out of the way. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Um, you know. It's always weird that first game when you see your players in other other teams' jerseys. Oh, okay. So this this brings up and this is a good good place to close out the show. Uh, we were talking earlier about the fact that you know Dwayne Wade signing with the Cavs mm-hmm. will no longer be wearing the number three, yes. which is what he's worn his entire career. He's now going to be wearing the number nine, I believe. Yeah. Um, for for the Cavaliers. What is the weirdest number you've seen on a guy who comes back, either either changes teams or comes back to an original team? And I bring that one up specifically for a reason that, that you can recall or, you know. Mm-hmm. Jordan come back with 45 was pretty weird. It was, it was, we, we heard the reason for it. You know, yeah. obviously that was the number that his brother wore. Right. Um, you know, so, so we had that. Um, you know, for me, it is. You know, you you trade away Mike Miller in the OJ Mayo thing. Mm-hmm. You I, sign, you bring in Mark Gasol. I he just, wears the number thirty three, so Mike Miller no longer has thirty three. And when Mike comes back, he's going to wear 13. thirteen. Had to change his Twitter handle and everything. <laughs> and I was, I was like, man, that is that's just weird seeing Mike Miller wearing a number thirteen. Yeah, yeah which I get it. Um, I think my favorite, and you see it a lot more in football than you do in basketball. Yeah. To where you know the the veteran that's worn his that number his whole career, he goes to another city and somebody's already wearing that number. He's got to pay the <laughs> pay the other guy <laughs> so he can one. he can get the number that he wants. Um, although and I, I will bring this up, it annoyed me beyond belief when Jerry Rice went to play with the Seahawks and basically made them unretire Steve Largent's number eighty number so he could wear oh, it there. Yeah. I say this as someone that that was a huge Steve Largent fan as a kid. That pissed me off beyond belief because again, this this is not like going to the Cowboys where they've got you know seventeen different numbers retired and you're like oh come on just let me let me let me borrow this one for for a couple seasons. Yeah, Steve Largent's all the Seahawks had at that point. <laughs> it was literally like the you know they had like three guys up and up. I can't in the imagine ring. they have at this point a lot of people retired in the rafters of the Seahawks stadium. No, and, and that was the whole thing. So I remember that one, and me was like, come on, Jerry. You're, you're <laughs> literally in the twilight of your career. This is like your, your fourth team now on, on a one-year deal. I can't remember if it was before or after he played for the Raiders at that point. It was like, just, p- just pick a after. different number. Yeah, We're number 82. Who cares? 
But no, Jerry Rice got to be Jerry Rice. Stay he, off, he is Jerry Rice. Stay off Twitter, Jerry Rice. You're bad at it. What about Baron Davis? He comes to the Cavaliers as number 85. Yeah. What a weird basketball number. It, it is absolutely, 85. Anything above 40 is is no longer a basketball number unless you're just a weird guy you gotta like be Rodman. Big, you got to be big to wear 42. Yeah, if, if if you're a and smaller see, player, you gotta you gotta wear lower lower numbers. Well, and and forty two is a number with a lot of history as well. Oh, and uh, Patrick Ewing wore six with the Orlando Magic. Right? Why? Easter. <laughs> but but we know why he wore it there too. Why is that? Well, what was his number his entire career? Thirty three. Thirty three. Who wore thirty three in Orlando? Shaq. He was thirty two. He was 32. That's right. He was 32. Who wore 33? There was somebody who wore 33 there. Um, That's right, because he went from 32 to 34 when he went to, to LA. LA. Ryan Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. A little before his time. You're going to look, you're gonna have to look up that year on, on basketball reference and, uh, and, and see what it says. But, yeah. So that, that's one of all, always one of my favorite little quirks. Is Mo it, Williams did some weird number stuff. I think he came back and he was uh, he was a very high number, like ninety something. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know Rodman. He always liked the you know like ninety six, ninety eight stuff yeah. like that. Artest started to do that towards the end of his career. You know, after I don't remember if it was after the name change or not. Um, I think it was after the name change. Yeah, but uh, you know, once he became Metal World Peace. He's an interesting guy. I would, I would absolutely love to interview him one day just because I think he is one of the more fascinating characters that we've had come through the league, you know, in definitely in my time of watching. Oh my gosh, through any sports. I mean, I, like he transcends, really he transcends, like, uh, I mean, he married uh, Carmen Electra, right. correct? I mean, he transcends, you know, fame. Yeah. It'd be, it would be fun. It would be fun. There you go. There you go. <laughs> dream, dream, dream dinner table. <laughs> Dream Dinner Table, Metal World Peace, Marshawn Lynch. I'm trying to think of one other guy that would be just absolutely as, as weird and, and interesting as those two. Portis. Clinton Portis would absolutely, but only, if he, showed, would be great. only if he showed up as Sheriff Gonna Get You. If Boom. he shows up as Sheriff um, Gonna Get You, hmm. there you go. That, that is a dinner party. Get some guts. Trying, trying to think of baseball players who would be up there. There's a lot of weird baseball players. Puig is Rock, Rock Puig is Wilder? definitely out there. Who's that? <laughs> what is it? Rockefeller? Oh, John Rocker. Rocker. Uh, no, yeah. we are not having John Rocker over to dinner. Lenny Dykstra. No, he's just a pervert. He's just yeah. He's he, he's, he's creepy. A, he's he's a weirdo, but not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely a lot of weird baseball players, especially relief pitchers. Relief pitchers are just odd. Like That's a, you know what that, Mike Tyson. That, I, I feel like that. There you go. There you that, go. That would be add, add, if we're adding, a, we're adding a force to it right there, Mike Tyson definitely gets it. Um, no question. Jose no Canseco. No. Oh, we my are. gosh. Jose Canseco. Because Jose would write a book about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be on his phone tweeting the entire time. Yeah, he absolutely I mean, he'd would. pay attention to it. Yeah. He's terrible at Twitter as well. Yes. There, there are a lot of famous people who are really, really bad at <laughs> terrible Twitter. Terrible and great at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just because you're terrible at it doesn't mean it's not entertaining. Yeah, I mean it doesn't mean that you're not growing right. an audience every <laughs> yeah. day. Oh yeah, like Phil Jackson, still one of the all-time great opening tweets. You know, it's just like, really, Phil, you're just, yeah. Go back to Montana, smoke some more. It'll be cool. You're it's good. Fine. 
All right. Um, next week, I'm uh, going to try to get Pete Pranica on the show since he was our first ever guest, mm. last ever guest when we were doing the radio show. And technically, we haven't had a guest yet. We've mm-hmm. had guest hosts, so we can still keep that promise to Pete Pranica. All right, so we'll try and get uh, Pete on and uh, you know talk a little bit about the uh, uh, the two, I guess, uh, preseason games we will have to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, second one's against the Sixers? <laughs> Maybe? Sounds right. Possibly? Let's see. That's a good opening up. You got the... Magic and, yes, magic the Sixers. and the Sixers. Yeah, Magic yeah. and the Sixers. All right, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to uh, Pete Pranica about that just a little bit and, you know, kind of pick his brain about uh, other things. I know, obviously, he's busy right now watching his Packers take on the, uh, uh, the Chicago Bears. Yeah. So there you go. All right, that's, uh, that's our show for today. You can find me on Twitter at 3SOB. You can find the podcast at MimshakePod. Find me at Philip Dean underscore. And, of course, uh, you know, thanks again to uh, the, the fine, fine people at DOAM Network uh, who, you know, broadcast our stuff every single week. And you can find our podcast through them as well on Mondays. Until next week, y'all be good. Power to the podcast and power to the people. You should take your lucky stars and catch your fading scars Cause no one said you had to live a lie Too late, my friend The preceding is an own production. For more information, go to the OAMnetwork.com. Yes, that means this is goodbye.